It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Stretch. It's the Guy Benson Show. It's Monday here, and it's a new week and a new era for the Guy Benson Show as we have moved into our new studio at the D.C. Bureau, which is unrecognizable. I'll be heading up to New York for TV the next couple of shows, but got to take it for a spin today, and this place is amazing. Also, I just want to note briefly, since we are really entering this uh, new age here at the program, we have a new member of the team that is currently sort of getting trained and learning all the ins and outs of the show. We will be introducing you to him probably later on this week. So a lot of exciting stuff happening here at the show. I just want to say this first, and just indulge me. I understand that perhaps us talking about Studio space is not the most exciting thing you've ever heard in your life. Although I do think that people often have curiosities. What do some of these networks and news organizations look like behind the scenes? And I, of course, have been in this bureau many times. We did the show from here for years. Before this massive COVID-era renovation, it couldn't have timed out better in that sense because no one could really show up due to COVID, or at least it was a skeleton staff. So they took that opportunity smartly to give the D.C. Bureau a huge makeover. I mean, facelift doesn't really do it justice. This place was gutted and rebuilt, and it looks amazing. Because with all due respect to the old Bureau, it was old, Right. You could sort of walk around and feel like almost nothing had changed in decades. They would update the studio spaces. They would do some cosmetic stuff here or there. But it was a labyrinth of hallways and things were crowded. And it just was not the nicest space you've ever walked into. Despite all the wonderful people who worked here, uh, this was a long time coming. It looks awesome. What they've done up in New York at Fox News headquarters is turn the newsroom into like this spaceship looking modern jewel of technology with lights and cameras and flat screens everywhere. It really looks very futuristic. And they've slowly but surely transformed a lot of the spaces and some of the other floors up in New York as well. And what struck me walking in last week when I came in here for a preview of sort of DC 2.0, our new home, they basically took what they've done in New York and miniaturized it and applied it to DC. It's like a little mini version of the New York headquarters here. It's very sleek. It looks fabulous. And I just want to say from the radio standpoint, Back when we launched in 2018 with Benson and Harf, right, the right and left show, then it became just Benson because Marie left the network for a while to work on the campaign trail. 
our studio, the Tony Snow Radio Studio, was about as hard to find in the D.C. Bureau as any room in the building. You had to take, without exaggeration, walking in the front door as a guest, you had to take, let me see if I can count it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven turns, if I am remembering the route correctly to get. That's the most efficient route to that old studio. It was buried in the back. Our new studio here is right on the main drag. The newsroom's on the other side, which is just phenomenal. It looks amazing. But in terms of the studio space, there is this central hallway, and it's all glassy and glossy and looks terrific. We are literally on that hallway in between the green room and the makeup room. And by the way, they've named the green room after Charles Krauthammer, which is amazing. And then Studio One, which is the Brett Baer, Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream, that studio. We are right in between those two points. Point A and point B, we're smack dab in the middle with this nice glass window. So the foot traffic will be substantial when things get ramped back up. And perhaps we can grab some guests from time to time, people that we see passing through the building. We are no longer in the equivalent of Siberia. In the bureau, we are we're on Broadway here, which is awesome. The studio itself that we have is very elegant. I love for some reason in particular the ceilings. It looks like this beautiful wood paneling is is what it looks like to the eye. It's all insulated. We've got uh, red and blue and white lighting because we love America here at the show. We've got all the bells and whistles that we're still fine tuning Some of it, I would say. We've got cameras. We've got lights. So much of the show, the parts that stream on foxnation.com and big interviews and that sort of thing, you can watch. If you're a Fox Nation subscriber, we've got three cameras in here. We've got well-positioned lights. I've got screens where I can look at all the various news networks at the same exact time. It's all at our fingertips. And then across the glass... In the other element of the radio studio, you've got a board with all the technical stuff there, a few different positions for producers. Quiet Wyatt is holding down the fort over there. It's nice to actually be able to see someone as you talk. Because, of course, I would go to New York from time to time and you would see, you know, Max or Justin, Christine occasionally would come in, Wyatt was in once or twice. But overall, during this pandemic for a year and a half, it was me sitting in sweatpants in a bedroom of my house with a headset on in our makeshift setup, which worked perfectly well. We got totally used to it. It was very convenient in certain ways, obviously. But it is sometimes when you're doing three hours of radio, it can be jarring to kind of be pacing back and forth by yourself in an empty room. Talking, I know, to many, many thousands of people. But it feels like you're just talking to yourself in your own house. There's no one to make eye contact with. I would just stare into a closet. Right? That was part of my daily routine. And now it's like sensory overload in this new studio. And words, although my whole job is to explain things clearly and succinctly, paint a word picture, if you will. Words don't really do this justice. 
And so we will make sure on our Instagram and our Twitter, Guy Benson Show on both, at Guy Benson Show, we'll post a couple photographs. I also have a video that I took, a little mini tour of everything that I just tried to convey with my voice. I took a video. I'll post that on my Twitter as well at some point here, Guy P. Benson on Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to just get a little behind-the-scenes look, please do. I almost want to do the same thing about this whole place, the studios, the bureau, the newsroom, but I feel like I might be divulging state secrets. I think they might want to do this in some sort of grand opening type of celebration, so we'll just have to keep that powder dry. But Brett Baer, I mean, their studio at Special Report, uh, it's really cool. It's like one of those Transformers where they have different sets and the desk can change from show to show and it fits together like a cube and then it comes apart and you move part of it over here and a wall slides over for Shannon. I mean, it it's awesome. And Brett debuted Special Report Studio, I think it was just last week. So I'm not sure if this place is 100% done. Probably not, but I would say 90 plus percent. And it is night and day, as far as I'm concerned, with the new dawn being the day side here at the Fox Bureau. Christine, I know that you are just dying to see it because you're a curious cat in general. And at some point when the COVID rules allow, we have to get you down here. The danger is we're on such a thoroughfare in this bureau that I would worry that if you were down producing the show, you would be constantly looking not through the glass at me, but out the glass to the hallway, checking on who was around to try to go like physically tackle them to get them on the air as a booker. That's my biggest worry. Should you operate at any point from the DC studio? Can I tell you, I was just going to jump on the mic and say, it's probably best that Wyatt is there and not myself every day because you know me. I'd be like waving, screaming, running down the hall if I saw somebody pass through. And um, yeah, it, it would be a sight to see. Yeah, the, the D.C. Bureau, Christine, is a little bit more mm, relaxed and reserved, I would say, than New York headquarters. Like here in D.C., it's very businesslike, right? It's extremely professional. I think, uh, you know, a screaming producer would probably be frowned upon here it's a little bit more like your brashness fits a little bit better in the big apple 100 percent. yeah okay you agree no right, i agree I, i've been there before and <laughs> i remember walking into the newsroom and it's so quiet and i saw somebody eating chick-fil-a so i just tapped them on the shoulder i said oh hi i'm christine from the guy benson show like where can i go get that i didn't see and they just looked at me like i had 10 heads on like why are you speaking to me i am trying to work and then well, that uh, makes us sound more unfriendly than we are. I just think there's there's just a vibe and a tone here that's a little different from you <laughs> yelling down the hallway at our former colleague Max, calling him Maxie for the entire floor to hear. It's just you know that's not exactly how it goes at the DC bureau. That in my experience, I guess it also probably didn't help that I broke their printer the first time I ever got there. And it was, you know, right around special report time. So they were in. (laughs) Yeah, I think Christine Cookie belongs in New York. They might have your photo at the front desk at security being like under no circumstances are you to permit this individual 
past this desk. I might have to do some diplomacy on your behalf, and hopefully I'll do a better job than the Secretary of State is doing just in general, which is a low bar. I think I could probably clear that bar, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. In any case, I'll be up in New York for the next couple shows because I've got Kennedy, I've got Gutfeld, I've got Kudlow. There's a lot of stuff coming up in New York on the TV side, but as we settle in and break in this new studio, I do encourage you, check it out, at Guy Benson Show on Twitter and Instagram, at Guy P. Benson, that's my personal stuff on Twitter and Instagram. We'll put photos, a couple videos up there, and we're just so grateful. We're grateful to have this new space to continue to do a great show every single day. We are so grateful to all of you for listening, and we just want to share our excitement with you, because without you, there is no show. So check that out. We'll be doing the show from New York for the middle of the week, back here in D.C. Thursday and Friday. In the meantime, have a great night. We will talk to you tomorrow from New York City on The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show, Tuesday from New York. Catch me on Kennedy tonight, right around 7.30 Eastern Time, Fox Business Network. She and I will catch up and talk about DHS and the border. That's Kennedy in the 7 p.m. hour, her new time slot this evening, FBN. Last night, we were at the house. I was watching a little bit of the Monday night football game, and it was not terribly good. Packers and the Lions, who were just being the Lions. And I remembered, it, it just hit me, oh, tonight is the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars. Now, this is a thought that I believe has never occurred to me once in my life. It's not a show that I watch. I've seen, because I'm an American, I'm aware of generally what it is. I saw some of those clips of Sean Spicer, whenever that was, was it last season, doing his dances a couple seasons ago, maybe. But I have never sat down and watched an episode of this show. I used to see clips of it on The Soup when Joel McHale hosted The Soup, which I loved which would give me sort of like a little primer on pop culture in half an hour, once a week. It was amazing. I wish they would bring it back with him. It's back with another woman who now hosts it, and it's fine. It's just not the same. And they would always show clips of the judges who would say these very dramatic things. And one of the guys always seemed to be hitting on everyone who had danced. So that is all of my knowledge of Dancing with the Stars. But this season... One of the Peloton instructors, and you all know if you're regular listeners, I got the Peloton. I've had it since before COVID. It's been a kind of a lifesaver during COVID. It's my routine. And one of my favorite instructors is this guy, Cody Rigsby, who is an over-the-top, semi-flamboyant man who is just highly entertaining. And he distracts me from my misery as I exercise. Right, So I'm sweating and disgusting, but I'm occasionally chuckling because he's off on some crazy tangent ranting about 90s culture or food that he hates or likes. It's kind of like the home stretch in some ways, actually, come to think of it. So I like Cody Rigsby, and he is one of the contestants this season on Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, oh, I want to root for Cody. So we flipped over. And my husband was thrilled, by the way, that we were moving away from football to Dancing with the Stars, which he used to watch with his family. And Cody was not on at that moment. I had no idea when he was coming on. I said, well, he must be on at some point during the hour. I look at the TV guide, like the channel. This is a two-hour show. 
Absolutely not. So I said, we will record this and we will fast forward and find his performance. I'm not watching this. If it had been an hour, maybe two hours, it's just absolutely not going to happen. It's Tyra Banks now hosting the show. It used to be the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos, Tom Bergeron. I think he was there forever and they've moved in a different direction. So it's Tyra. Cody did fine, by the way, in case you're curious. Hot pink suit. They matched him up with some dancer that I guess has won the thing twice. Cheryl Burke, Christine says. Okay, I don't know what, what that is, but good for her. And I'm, I'm glad for everyone involved. The one thing that I was sort of questioning, and again, I'm rooting for Cody. His previous career before being a fitness instructor was a professional dancer. Like his job was dancing. So I feel like that's kind of unfair, right? If he has made a living moving his body to beats in a professional setting, how is that fair for just like some random other person who's never done any sort of dancing before? Maybe the judge is great on a curve. I don't know how it works. Cody says, oh, well, I've never done ballroom dancing. It's totally different. I don't know if that's true. I'm not an expert on such things. That may come as a shock. And my, my dancing competency is extremely low. And such activities are very rare for me and only occur under very narrow circumstances. In any case, it was fine. But then I find out if you want to root for him or if you want to support your preferred person, you have to call. You have to call a phone number. Like, what is this, TRL in 1997? We still do this thing? It's not, it's not online voting, I don't think. Can you do Is there an online version or is it only phone calls on Dancing with the Stars? That's also very strange to me. So I think that my position now is he got fine reviews. They said, you seem a little nervous. You were a little stiff, but you seem to get into it at the end. You're one to watch. That was sort of the, the gist. And I was very proud of him. Right. He just he was obviously so excited to be there. I would be nervous beyond belief. I would never agree to this. I mean, just for the record, if we have any dancing ABC executives listening to the Guy Benson show. I'm not sure you're our core demo, but just in case, I don't think this is something I would ever do. For my own dignity. But I will vicariously cheer for Cody. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to vote. And I think I'll probably wait until the YouTube videos come out the next day, review the performances, and then see what he has to say about it on his Peloton rides. That's my little Dancing with the Stars update, and it may be the last. Unless he keeps going, but I'm Team Cody on this one. I don't know any of the other stars. That's the other problem. I've heard of JoJo Siwa. She is very, very famous amongst the youngsters. Yes, My daughter is. Yeah, your daughter is JoJo Siwa. I'm 36. Yeah, and also you're talking about Dancing with the Stars like it just started. We're season 30. I know. I know. This is like this is. I catch up to something. I'm like, have you heard about this newfangled show? It's been on for almost my whole life. You have to call and vote. Have you heard of this I'm before? Just, I'm just telling you, this is my first real experience with this show, and I, I will not be watching, I don't think. I guess there's a Spice Girl on this season. I don't think I could even name the nicknames of the Spice Girls. Spice, okay, 
There's sporty spice. There's scary spice. There's baby spice. Posh spice. I'm not sure. Is there a fifth or are there six? Did you say baby? I did. What about Mel C? What is that? Oh, she might. No, yeah, I think she. Oh, she's sporty. I'm missing a Spice Girl. Are there six or five? Oh, someone has come and confiscated my gay card again. All right. Hopefully I'll get that back in a matter of days. Oh, scary? Did you do scary? I think I said scary. So there's scary. Have you been listening to the segment? No, I've been trying to research this. Scary, sporty, uh-huh. baby, yep. ginger. Ginger. That's and the posh. One I miss ginger. I don't know which of those people is on this season, but evidently one of them is. We can move on from this because we were going to talk about beer was our original topic for this home stretch. Apparently, there's a Sam Adams beer that they've just released that is illegal to sell in 15 states. Can you explain this to me? What What is this beer? Why is it illegal in 15 states? I thought this was America. There's a very, very high alcohol content in this beer, which means uh, it cannot be sold in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia. Oh, thank God, New Jersey's not on here. Idaho. There's a whole bunch of states. Utah, I would imagine, would probably be on oh, here. Oh, yes. Utah, Vermont, Virginia, New Hampshire, Oklahoma. Vermont? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oregon is another one. Huh. But guess what? Guess where it's sold? Where? The Dirty Jurors. You're referring to your home state? Yes. You are just... At least pretending to be excited about this. You don't even like beer. I mean, listen, if it's the only thing, if it's in front of me, I'm going to drink it. But yes, it's, it's not the only thing that you'd have to go out of your way to find this. I just feel like you want to drink this and lord it over people in the states that can't get it. The only thing that is appealing to you about this is the high alcohol content and the illegality in some places. Take that, Bama. I'm not a Sam Adams seasonal guy unless it's Sam Summer. And of course, it's been Oktoberfest now since August, which I hate. We're not going there. We're not having this argument again about when pumpkins are allowed. We walked, we went to Whole Foods last night. We walked right through a sea of pumpkins that they're trying to, that they're trying to sell to us. And mums, pumpkins and mums everywhere. And Adam and I on exactly the same page, we're like, absolutely not. It is still warm outside. October. We will do this in October. We'll put some pumpkins out. We have to spray it with stuff because the the squirrels eat them. And then the mums. And we'll do all the autumnal things when the leaves start to change and it actually feels like fall weather. It's my favorite season. I know it technically starts, what, tomorrow or today? Tomorrow. I mean, in my home, it started about a month ago, but technically tomorrow. You You were like curling up on the couch with a fire with a piping hot pumpkin spice latte on like July 5th, right? You took down all your July 4th stuff that had been up since May and out came the Halloween decorations, right? You had a, you had a sweater on, I'm picturing you by the fire on July 5th in sort of like a, maybe a robe of some sort, a a warm robe that has a jack-o'-lantern on the back of it. I have many, uh, Pumpkin type shirts, but I do have one that says pumpkin spice everything. Of course you do. Do you wear that? What do you think? If I had to guess, I think you would wear that, for example, when you go to pick up your pizza at Domino's or on just 
a little weekend jaunt to Six Flags. I mean, you could wear it anywhere. I also have one getting close. It goes close. with everything. I'm, I have one that's when I get closer to Halloween that says, I'm here for the booze. Get it? B-O-O-S. Yeah. You're here for the booze. B-O-O-Z-E. And not ghost booze, but like heckle booze. That's what you deserve for that joke. Boo. It's it's not a joke. It's actual shirt. I got at Target. So be mad at them. That's not how this works. You made a choice. Some clothing designer somewhere is like, ooh, let's do this really tacky idea. Someone will buy it. Who's the someone? Cut to cookie. Bobby, look, it's so cute. You wouldn't ask him. You would just get it. I'm not going to lie. I have I have a walk-in closet, and one of my drawers is just all autumn-related clothing. And that then I go into storage? Like year-round, so, you have a whole fall drawer yeah but i mean i have a christmas drawer like i have yeah there's different things but then i also have like a bright orange cardigan that goes with all you know the pumpkin type out you're looking at me this isn't fun to talk about the judgment well i had said we were not going here on the autumn wars because we do it every year we've already had one or two skirmishes on this (laughs) and now we're back on it when we have a lovely little milieu of autumnal decorations, pumpkins, moms, etc. on our front stoop. I will take a photo and I will send it to you to model good behavior of seasonally appropriate decor. What do you think about a blow up pumpkin? Because that's what I'm trying to convince Bobby about. Or a flying witch, like on the broom. And we are out of time. Here on the Guy Benson Show, sorry, Christine, I'll just have to think about that one. Let me take that under advisement. I feel like you could dress up as the witch and just hang out and scare people. Not on Halloween, just for weeks on end. And my witch's brew would be mama's juice. Okay, we can hear the music. We've got to go. Back here from New York tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show. Kennedy tonight, hope to see you there. Have a good evening. Homestretch on The Guy Benson Show. I'll be on Gutfeld tonight on the panel. It is a fun panel tonight. 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox News Channel. Looking forward to that as always. So, as I've mentioned, I'm up here in New York, back in D.C. tomorrow. And last night, I was just wrapping up Kennedy's show, I believe it was. And I got a text message from Adam, who had also called me. Because of something that our dog, Roy, had been involved in. So Roy, if you are familiar with any of the photos, or if you're one of the lucky few who have actually met this wonderful creature in person, and I do post a fair amount of content of Roy, he's a Bedlington Terrier, on my Instagram, Guy P. Benson on Instagram and on Twitter, if you're interested in following, looks can be deceiving. Because he is the sweetest cutest, most gentle little dog. However, his breed, Bedlington Terriers, they are bred to do a job. It's an English breed. And what they are bred to do, it is his instinct, it is his atavistic impulse, it is to hunt down smaller creatures, rodents in particular. That's what they do. So you can imagine Roy will sometimes stand at the back door looking through the glass out at squirrels, occasional bunnies, although the bunnies have stayed clear of the yard because of him for the most part. 
and he will just be going crazy, just sort of like groaning and moaning and looking back at us like, are you seriously seeing what's happening out here with all these squirrels? And we'll occasionally let him out and he goes flying out and the squirrels always get away because they're very quick. He's fast. They're quicker and they get up a tree and then it's over. There's actually a few photos. Remind me to post these, Christine. Roy, the other night we had, because of some sun glare, we had a curtain closed on our one of our back large doors going to the backyard. So we had it closed. Roy still wanted to be sort of on patrol or keeping watch. So he went under the curtain and you can just see his little hind legs sticking out. And that's all. And there's this little bump in the curtain. And then we called him like, Roy, come back. And he turned around and he looked like a little monk where you could only see his nose sticking out, but his eyes were covered by the dark curtain. It was hilarious. And he, I think, could tell we were laughing at him and he was sort of getting a little bit bashful and sheepish even because he looks like a little sheep. In any case, this is all a big windup to what happened. Adam was outside in the yard, I think, doing some garden-related stuff, and then all of a sudden he heard this high-pitched squealing sound, screeching sound, and he turned, and Roy got a rat. Roy had a rat in his mouth, and he was so proud of himself because this is his job. It's his job. We think Roy got a, a bunny once, we can't 100% confirm that, but here's confirmation. A rat was ended by Roy. And Adam just immediately said, no, like, you know, just like, don't do that. But it was too late for the rat. So Adam had to shovel a scoop up the rat and dispose of it. But Roy was pretty pleased because, again, he's the gentlest little guy, but this is what his breed does. In fact, because I immediately started sort of freaking out a little bit, not because I have any affinity for rats, obviously, but think of the germs and all the disgusting stuff on a rat that Roy then the dog. So we were Googling it. Is this okay? And apparently if they're up to date on all their shots or whatever, like it's just a thing. And we were reminded our breeder, actually she's, she's our groomer who grooms Roy. She's also a Bedlington breeder. She is a real character real character. She and some of the Bedlington community in greater Washington, D.C. You don't see a lot of these little mini lambs trotting around, but when you see one, they're pretty distinctive. And so it's a pretty close-knit group, evidently. People stay in touch. They get together. And I think on a monthly basis, this group of Bedlingtons in D.C., I think they call themselves, the owners call the group the Rat Scallions, they bring them at night into Georgetown and they set the dogs loose to rat hunt. And then at the end of the night, they like lay all the dead rats out in front of these dogs to like show what they have achieved and what they've accomplished. Their prey. They do it regularly. You're going to you're going to go sign up Roy for that? I don't think we want to be part of the rat scallions. But obviously he would be good at it and he was bred to do it. And I'm totally in favor of depleting the rat population in the city. So in some ways, it's a service. It's kind of a win-win. I just can't really fully get my head around the idea of voluntarily sending cute, cuddly Roy out 
to murder rats on a regular basis, although it'd probably be just the time of his life. I have to admit that. Did he, did he actually kill the oh, rat? Oh, yeah, the rat, the rat is no more. I just can't picture little cute Roy doing I, something like that. I think, again, I am not an expert on this, but I think between the teeth and then also just the violent shaking of the head, I think that kind of is lights out for little uh, Ratatouille. I just want to say uh, my little Rosie the Mutt doesn't kill rats. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Rosie because I had almost forgotten Rosie's name. Rosie was a frequent topic of conversation on this show during the home stretch, during COVID, because you were not a dog person, then all of a sudden you were convinced you wanted one. Then you got Rosie, and we talked about her all the time, and the journey from Texas up to New Jersey, and the training, and all of it. And then very suspiciously, we didn't hear about or from Rosie ever again. And we know what sometimes happens to your pets, like Carousel the Pony, right, who you rejected and sent off, I think, to... The big old golden corral in the sky, as we like to say. As a young girl, I mean, I think at the drop of a hat as an adult, I shudder. I shudder to think what may have happened to this poor pooch. Is Rosie still with us? Do you have proof of life? Uh, Rosie is still with us. Uh, She is a great little pup. Um, She's probably just a tad bigger than than Roy, which we thought she was going to be huge when she was a little puppy. Uh, she's a great gal. I still enjoy her. Mm. She's still living in the home. Sure, yeah, that's all very convincing. That One of my favorite shows is Arrested Development, the comedy. And there's one minor plot line where I believe a grandmother has long since passed, but Lucille, the matriarch, wants to lie to her whole family that the grandmother is still alive because she doesn't want them to know that they have inheritance because she has it. So she makes up stories about what grandma's up to. She's like, she went on a cruise and it was just wonderful. She tried pesto for the first time, just making things up. I'm getting major vibes off of you about what a great gal Rosie is. Oh, yeah, great little dog. She sure is enjoying being very much alive and in my house. I, I don't know. I, I'm. She, she loves that game Fetch. She, uh-huh. she loves it. Just wags her little tail. Um, she enjoys walks mm-hmm. on a Eating leash. and drinking. You're just saying things associated with dogs at this point. Right? You're, just, you're just doing a She has cloud. a dog bed that she lays on. Right? She sleeps and other times is awake. Yeah, that's she very much- stares out the window a lot to look at, you know, the passerbyers. That's what I just said about Roy. You know, if, if you're the praying type, maybe just uh, send one upstairs for little Rosie. You just want to hope that she's thriving the way Christine alleges. Producer Christine, who, you know, just like Roy, puts on this very happy, harmless front face. But there's another side. She barks. As Carousel can attest. She barks. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. I might need to text your husband about this to get proof of life from an independent, trustworthy third party. Would you, yes or no, last question, if you were in my shoes, would you want Roy to join Rat Scallions? Uh, if I was you, no, but standing here as your producer, I would like to sign you up for that. All right, so I could talk about it? Oh, 100%. I mean, it does sound kind of like an adventure. 
I'll put it under advisement. That's the new update. It's under advisement here on the Guy Benson Show. Back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition, not from New York, from D.C., if all goes according to plan. But please tune in tonight. Gutfeld, FNC, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. The panel looks fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And looking forward to being back here on the radio with all of you. For the Thursday edition, have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. Thursday edition. Thank you for listening. Good to be back here in D.C., back in our brand new beautiful studio. Images of which will be shared at some time. I do promise you that. Before we get into the food shaming stories that I promised and teased before the break, we saw this earlier today from the Today Show. There have been various shortages during the pandemic. Probably the most memorable one was toilet paper, which never made any sense. I feel like that was maybe a teaser of things to come, of just abject irrationality and panics. The fact that you're still seeing... People, you know, wiping down surfaces, spraying ceilings. I saw at the White House yesterday during their diplomacy, back and forth with all these Democrats about the spending packages. We talked to Chad Pergram about it in the last hour. The White House, one of the details in the Washington Post story was the White House was handing out COVID safe cookies that were individually wrapped. That is not how any of this works, right? It's that commercial with the old woman and her Facebook wall. This is not how any of this works. And we've known it for a long time, but there are a bunch of people who've just decided to stick with it. Now, no, we're just going to do all the things that we were doing in April of 2020, and we're going to learn zero things along the way. So the fact that there was a run on toilet paper for absolutely no reason, again, foretold much hysteria to come. Now, some of this stuff and the shortages along the way had to do with supply chain issues. I don't know what the background is here, but some experts are warning. And again, if it's experts warning, they could very well be wrong because they've been wrong about many things. But they are warning that there's a chance that the next shortage could be wine and liquor. So mama's juice and vodka, as producer Christine would say. And. Christine, are you beside yourself? I'm surprised you didn't call in today after hearing this and like making a run and just taking the day off to dash over to like the wine depot and buy decades worth of booze to store in your basement just in case. That was my anticipated response from you to this story because you kind of overreact to everything always. And this is, I would say, a pressure point for you. This is a sensitive topic for you, the idea that perhaps there might not be plentiful booze available at any time. Well, it's funny that you say that, Guy, because I just found out about this shortage this morning that it actually is going to affect my state. So I did let the boys on the show know that uh, Mama might not be here tomorrow. I've got got things to do. I've got stores to visit. And also... I have a question for you. Just hear just, me out. Hang on. Okay, you can ask me the question, but are you now referring to yourself, not just at home in the confines of your four walls, but to our colleagues? 
you are now mama. Is this is this a new thing? I, I just go with it. Okay, I, all right. I, okay, but uh, he, mama might be out tomorrow yeah. because she'll be quote unquote sick. Yeah, the wine flu. Yeah, I'd that's, say heart that's sick. It. She'd be heart sick, and therefore stocking up. But what was your question, please? If I do make it to work tomorrow. Is there any chance that you would entertain a caller segment strictly from um, former prisoners to teach me how to make certain alcohol? Like like prison hooch? Correct. Like the stuff they make in like toilets and stuff? I mean, based you, on you do what TV you got to do. I'm, I'm looking at the shortage seeing a bottle limit. I mean, that's it. What is that going to get me? A Friday from seven to nine? What do I do with the rest of the weekend? When would this bottle limit come into play? Now I'm getting concerned myself. I don't. I don't think your. I think your state is okay. Um, I don't know. They they've got weird liquor laws down here, but okay. That that is interesting. I don't think that we're going to do a call topic for ex felons who spent time in prison to give you a tutorial on how to make homemade. Prison wine. I don't think that's something that we're we're going to do here. You could always just sort of go on, I don't know, Reddit or something, or social media and solicit requests from ex felons. I'm sure Bobby would be thrilled. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I think my husband wouldn't be okay with that. So that's why I came to you, of course. Mm. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. Now, I want to shift over from alcohol to food. Last night I was on Gutfeld. We had a great time. It was a very fun show. He did announce to the world that I was born in Saudi Arabia, which is true. I mean, uh, that's not something that I hide. It's on my Wikipedia page. It's a fact check, accurate statement. But I had a lot of people saying, wait, is that a joke or were you actually born there? I was actually born there. So he said I was born in Saudi Arabia and that's why they call me Prince, which I actually I could get used to that. In fact, Christine, let me let me dwell on that a little bit. But in any case. After the show, because the show tapes in the early evening. I'm not betraying any state secrets there. And Kat Timpf, who, of course, is the co-host of the show, she had a dinner. And I asked her, hey, what are you doing after the show? Do you want to grab a bite? She's like, oh, I've got plans. She was then texting during commercial breaks, got me invited and included in the plans, which I was very, very happy. I didn't ask her to do that, but it was nice of her to do. Her husband was there. It was the publisher of National Review. Uh, the new publisher there, who's a really nice guy, his husband also there, young guys, and then a few of their friends, and it was up on the rooftop at the very established and prestigious Union League Club in Midtown. And the weather was just perfect, and it was a really nice evening out, and we were having a good time. And then I happened to see Kat tweet something. She said that desserts are for children. And this was at the point of the evening when we were ordering dessert. She, of course, didn't order dessert because she was sneering at apparently this sweet course at the end of a meal that is only for kids. I had already ordered just a scoop of ice cream. That's all I wanted. One scoop of ice cream. So it came out and she jumped up from the other end of the table and came over and took a photo of me. And I actually posted it on my Instagram, Guy P. Benson. I have one of me and Dave Rubin taking a selfie. He was one of the other guests on Gottfeld last night. So we were backstage, snapped a selfie. He's coming to D.C. soon, so hopefully we'll get to see him maybe in studio. But then later, she comes up and, like, bum rushes me, like the paparazzi. And I have this sheepish look on my face as I'm just eating a 
little bite of this ice cream, and she then tweets it and says, case in point, like, I am this child eating dessert. And I just want to say, as someone who is not really a sweet tooth, I'm not. I, I like a little bit of sweets. I like certain candies. You know that I'm a big peanut M&M guy. I like some ice cream. I don't love a bunch of baked goods or or like hard or sour candy. I don't like any of that. I don't like very sweet breakfast foods. We've been through all of this. But I felt like I was being bullied. I felt like I was being bullied by Cat Timp, who's all of 100 pounds and five foot nothing, for just having a scoop of ice cream. And then, in fact, sharing a photo of me eating the ice cream with the rest of the world on her Twitter account. And, of course, she has uh, quite a following. So I just want to take this opportunity on my platform to simply say this. I apologize for nothing. Dessert is not only for children. Ice cream is delicious, and I'm glad that I had it. If anything, I wish I had another scoop so I could have eaten longer and enjoyed the ice cream experience for a longer period of time while making awkward eye contact with my bully, Cat Timph. Christine, back me up here. Oh, I I don't normally agree with you, but I am 100% on your side. My favorite part of this uh, tweet is looking at the replies, and there are people saying that you look like James Vanderbeek. Do you know who that is? Oh, uh, yeah, from Dawson's Creek? <laughs> yeah, they say you look like a Dawson. Was he in uh, Mighty Ducks back in the day, or was that one of the other guys? No, that was Joshua Jackson. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, James Vander, I mean, uh, that's an interesting. I've never gotten that before. I'll take it. I haven't gotten that before. I've gotten uh, the guy from Hamilton, who was the king, and he was in that HBO show Looking, and he was in Mindhunter, too. What's his name? That's the one that I've gotten most frequently. Yeah, I'm... I should I should remember his name. I've met him. <laughs> In fact, my husband once asked me, he texted me, hey, have you ever met, can someone please look this up, whatever his name is. And I had a very good reply, which was I simply texted back the selfie that I had with Jonathan Groff is his name. I was able to go backstage at Hamilton and meet him. And so I was like, oh, hell yes, I've met him. Bang, here's the photo. I've not gotten James Vanderbeek before. But again, I mean, that's I, I wouldn't call that an insult. Maybe her taking this photo was a blessing in disguise, right? Maybe I'm looking like a debonair, younger, ice cream eating James Vanderbeek on a nice rooftop on a beautiful early fall evening. Maybe this wasn't bullying at all. Maybe she was doing me a favor. My mind is blown. Now, Speaking of blowouts, last topic here on the home stretch. Do you remember a few years ago there was a KFC invention? A food-like product called the Double Down, in which they it was like a chicken sandwich, but they got rid of the bread. There was no bread in the sandwich. Fried chicken cutlets served as the sandwich bread. And then there were sort of toppings or fillings in between the two cutlets. I did not try it. I remember reading about how just the, the calories and the sodium just like off the charts insane. It did not sound appealing to me. It sounded difficult to eat. 
very messy, just not not something that I decided to sort of get on the, the viral train for the KFC Double Down. I guess they've brought it back in Australia, and they've made it pizza-flavored. So you've got two fried chicken breasts as the bread, quote-unquote, and in the middle are some cheese, some pizza sauce, like a red sauce, and pepperoni. And I have to say, with all due respect to KFC, and they have some some tasty stuff, haven't been to a KFC in a while, it does not look good. The photo, even the promotional photo, does not look good. It is a guaranteed gut bomb. And the other question I have about it, if it's being introduced or reintroduced in Australia, who's going to buy it? Because aren't they not allowed to go anywhere in Australia? I mean, they have the craziest lockdowns down there. People can't be alone outside. They're not supposed to exercise except for maybe once a day. The police get involved. I don't know how you introduce a new product in a country where the country's closed. In any case, I might volunteer producer Christine to try the KFC pizza double down should it come to New York or New Jersey. It sounds like an abomination, which is why I think Christine should be the one to try it. And maybe if she's depressed enough over her booze shortage and the government required rationing of alcohol consumption, maybe she would be in, I don't know, a a frame of mind to actually try it. Well, if you just let me talk to some prisoners, I won't be short of booze. Think about that. You run that past your husband about if that's something that you think is a good idea for tomorrow. And if he signs off, we'll think about it. Maybe we should take some calls regardless tomorrow. We can talk about that. But I'm thinking maybe not on that particular subject. But you mull it over. You have a little uh, family conference about that tonight and get back to me. It's the Friday edition tomorrow here on The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place. Have a great night. Home stretch on this Friday here on The Guy Benson Show. Thanks for being here. Well, as we tease just before the break, we are very excited to welcome a new member of the team here at The Guy Benson Show. We had our tearful farewell to Max, our trusty engineer for years, all the way back to Benson and Harf. He was here for thick and thin, did a great job, and we already miss him. He's off to the bright lights of television as a booker on Fox News primetime, and he's killing it as we knew he would. But this then required us to replace Max. I know producer Christine would say that Maxi is irreplaceable, but in fact, this is what we have to do. And Justin here at Fox News Radio has been doing just a fabulous job filling in, bridging the gap. He also fills in when people are on vacation, and he's really gotten to know the show very well and has just been rock solid. And we really appreciate all the work that Justin's been doing, and we'll be working with him for sure down the line. But full time here at The Guy Benson Show, our latest edition is named Dan Overlock. And if you happen to be a big sports fan like I am, and you happen to be a fan of the Dan Patrick Show, which is a nationally syndicated sports radio show, of course, Dan spent a lot of time in his career, Dan Patrick, at ESPN as a sort of premier sports center anchor. He's a huge name. And he ventured out on his own and has this massive show that he does. He really has a huge audience and a lot of reach in the sports world. Well, Dan Overlock worked with Dan Patrick on that show for a decade. And we are very excited to have Dan joining our team as our engineer. 
And I'm excited to also have like a fellow hardcore sports fan on the crew because with all due respect to Christine and Wyatt, um, not sports fans, not knowledgeable, even sort of in a conversational way about sports. Dan is very, very into sports and comes highly recommended. I actually had a good conversation with Dan Patrick about him. And Dan, your nickname over at the Dan Patrick Show was Two-A-Days. I'm not sure if that will survive the nickname here on the show. We'll see. Christine has a way of branding people in, in her own inimitable, special way. But A, welcome. B, where did the nickname Two-A-Days come from? Well, Guy, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm having a great time here learning and being with everyone here in New York. Um, two days came from when I started, I was 22, and I had the kind of Bieber bangs haircut. And um, there was an MTV <laughs> show called Two Days about these Alabama quarterbacks. And one of my bosses at my last job thought I looked like one of them, so it just stuck. Because Dan Patrick's Dan Patrick, and I can't be Dan also. So a nickname was extremely necessary. Were you okay with that nickname, Two-A-Days? Were you okay sort of being likened to these Bama Bangs wearing SEC quarterbacks? It was fine at the time because I was only 22. I wasn't much older than them at the, anyways, so it didn't really matter. Um, right. But then it shortened. Yeah, you're a full in, adult. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And then it shortened <laughs> just into twos. So people call me twos with a Z at the end, apparently. Twos with a Z. Okay, yeah. I'm going to write that down. Again, <laughs> I, I can't guarantee you that I will be calling you twos. That's fine. Uh, but it's possible. One other thing that I want to ask you about as we introduce you here to the Guy Benson Show audience before we let Christine do whatever she's going to do here, and I don't even really have great insight. Uh-oh. She just said to trust her, which is uh, usually not a good idea, but we're going to do it for some reason in this final segment of the week. You, if I'm not mistaken, were on American Idol. Is that real? That is real. I did. I auditioned. I didn't get through, uh, but I did the full audition and all the rounds that it takes to get there to be on the television segment. And uh, yeah, it was quite the quite the journey. What did you do in your audition? Did you sing? Did you have a guitar? What did you perform? I sang and played guitar. I did uh, Ed Sheeran, um, one of his first single. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I played guitar on air. It was Harry Connick Jr., uh, Jennifer Lopez, and Keith Urban. Was that back in the Fox era before it shifted it over was, to ABC? It was the last year of Fox, yes. So. And you had a friend, like someone that you actually know pretty well, who actually won American Idol? Yep, my buddy Nick, he won the year before that, and he was kind of the reason why I did it. He uh, came on the show with Dan, and they kind of um, tempted me to go on and, and try it. And he, uh, we grew up together. He was um, my roommate after college, and so they had me do it and uh, didn't get as far as him, unfortunately. Hey, I guess he won the whole crown. And <laughs> he won the what's whole his crown. Name? Nick? Nick Fradiani. Okay, so yep. fans of American Idol will know who that is. I, With all due respect to Nick Fradiani, <laughs> I, I've never heard that name before, I don't think. But fans of the show will know, and you're buddies with him, and you made it all the way through to the audition. And, well, we'll have to – maybe we'll have to judge. We'll, you know what, Christine? The hazing of Dan – Two-a-day's overlock is just beginning, frankly, here at the Guy Benson Show. Let's look up. It has to exist on the internet. His audition, if it was on the show, it's got to be out there somewhere. Maybe we will have to listen to it here on the show, live on the air together, and we, including Quiet Wyatt, the rest of the team, can judge him like American Idol judges. Oh, can and we you do- can be you can be Simon, the mean judge. Just That's don't you. do the accent. No, no, no. I'm Paula Abdul. You're totally oh, Simon, yeah. and seeming like a little drunk at all times. You <laughs> yeah. are Paula. You and are Paula. That's fair. Why it's gonna have to somehow be Randy? He just has to say dog a lot. <laughs> Although I think you can as pull it off. 
as Dan just told us, those were not the judges. <laughs> That actually judged him, right? We're doing even older school American Okay, Idol fine. Judges. I'll be J-Lo if you insist. <laughs> all right. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's uh, put a pin in the rollout of Dan Overlock. We'll be getting to know him as this show unfolds in the coming days and weeks and months. But, Christine, my understanding is you today want to quiz our new hire, Dan, on what he has learned over the course of his first week at Fox and at the Guy Benson show. And you want to do this in the style of a game show slash pop quiz. So, Justin, if you could hit it. Welcome to Ask Dan, where Cookie will ask questions of our new hire, Dan, and hopefully will not get into trouble with HR. Cookie? Well, thank you, Guy Benson. Uh, Hello, Dan, and welcome. Welcome to the Cookie Quiz Show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so these questions, there's 10 of them. Now, Dan, you've been here for about two weeks. I think you've heard a lot of the home stretches and obviously a lot of the shows. I'm not going to quiz you yet on the news. Has it been two weeks already? It has. Wow. I know, time time flies. flies when you're having fun and also you're dealing with... An interesting cast of characters. As and, I mean, you were thrown right into it with Christine. It's not like working remote or phone calls. You have been side by side. There were with a lot producer of, Christine. There were a lot of questions to be answered of things I heard and uh, <laughs> trying to figure out certain stories and backgrounds. And uh, you know, I'll be the one. All right. So, today. how perceptive has Dan been? I guess this is the exercise here. I, right, Christine, I'm I'm actually very eager to know if I'm going to have the answers to these ten questions. Oh, you will. Okay. Question number one. What is Guy Benson's favorite drink? Ooh, it's Finnish long drink. Oh, good answer. Oh. That is an excellent Ooh. answer. Our but sponsor no. here in the in the happy hour, this the long drink. Well, I think you need to be more specific. I know what answer I think you're trying to elicit here, Christine. Ooh, I do what know. is my favorite soft drink? Soft drink? Coca-Cola? Ooh, close. Oh, no. Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Oh, boy. I was getting there. I was trying to bide my time with that other answer. <laughs> well, you're, you're 0 for 1. Okay. And All right. I regret to inform you, if you get the next two wrong, you're fired. Okay, oh, go boy. ahead, Christine. Oh, this is a good one. What, quote unquote, was, and I say was, the name of Cookie's Pony? This one I do know. I was thinking about it on the way in. And it was Carousel, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, well done. Well done. <laughs> Poor Carousel. Can we have a, I know. A, can we pour one out? Seriously. Pour one out for Carousel, a little uh, moan of silence. Do every night. Okay, um, number three. I love how Christine interrupts the moment of silence for the pony that she murdered. Go on. <laughs> Dan, who is the golden child on the Guy Benson show? That would be the one and only Wyatt, if I'm not mistaken. Guy can only answer that. That's correct. Oh, yes. I mean, ch- child, he is now 21, okay? So let's watch the language. But yes, the, the golden boy totally here, Quiet Wyatt, he is looking very pleased with himself through the glass right now here in D.C. <laughs> All right, number four. Where, and I repeat, where did Guy Benson go to college? Well, that would be Northwestern. And he is very yes. upset that I'm a Notre Dame fan, so not a, it's kind of a clash there. Yeah, the first I, it place. was a strategic mistake to remind me of that right there. But, <laughs> yes, go Cats, beat the Bobcats, get this season back on track. 
please. $480 million donation from the Ryan family to Northwestern. New football stadium coming. That broke this week. I could go on, but I won't because it's time for question five. What is Cookie's favorite booze? I believe it's called Mama's Juice, and that would be <laughs> wine, I believe. Yes. Okay, great. Well, hold, hold on a second. Uh-oh. Trick question. All of them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said anything that has alcohol in it. It's like, is it paint thinner? She's like, occasionally, sure. But it's it's wine and vodka, which she pronounces right. a very a different way, as if there's no D in it. We won't we won't have her say it. All right, go ahead. Question six. What animal does Guy Benson's dog Roy resemble? Oh my goodness. I can't remember this one. We talked about it yesterday. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to defer on this one. Remember, he killed the rat. Yeah. Um, he looks as a Bedlington Terrier like a little lamb, a little sheep. Oh, that's right. Oh, mm-hmm. I knew that one. All right. And he's just as soft as a lamb. That's the other thing. Plus, he kills rodents. Very cute picture Question on seven. your Twitter. Thank you. Okay. Question number seven. Long-haul truck driver, aerobics 80s champion, Russian spy, chief romance correspondent. Which one of these is not Cookie's title? I would say chief romance correspondent. That's um, right. Ding. Because she is was a Russian spy, I believe. Was, yes. Oh, she was, she was all the other things. And the chief romance <laughs> correspondent is Jessica Tarloff, who was our guest earlier today. So, all right. So after the uh, the initial whiff on Coke Zero, you're actually doing pretty well here overall. What are we up to now, Christine? Eight? Yes. Okay. This is a true or false. Quiet Wyatt was once on Fox and Friends. That would be true because I did my research before I came here. He got all worked up because he had a... Trump MAGA yes. shirt or apparel of some sort, and it was edited out, right, censored in his yearbook. They blurred out or, or photoshopped it so he didn't have the Trump memorabilia in his photograph and in the high school yearbook, and this became a thing, and he appeared on Fox and Friends a number of years ago when he was a wee child. Question number nine. Where was our radio host, Guy Benson, born? That one is Saudi Arabia. Strange but true. Yes. And people who look me up on Wikipedia know that because <laughs> someone knows that about me and put it on Wikipedia. Wikipedia is such a weird thing. People like writing stuff true, sometimes untrue about you, and you have no control over it. But Greg Gutfeld decided that he needed his entire audience of millions to be aware of that as I was on the panel this week. And he opened with that, that I was born in Saudi. And I had people DMing me like, wait, seriously? Or is that just a weird, like, false thing that someone stuck on your Wikipedia? I said, nope, that is that is a real fact. All right, last but not least, question 10. 5 a.m. walks on the beach. A good cup of coffee. The Wall Street Journal. Rap music. Which one of these is Quiet Wyatt's least favorite? I would have to go with rap music. I think that's correct, except he has participated in rap music. I heard if that. If we want to call it that. With C. Diddy, another oh, another layer to the onion that is producer Christine that you will come to know and love, question mark, over the course of your career here at the Guy Benson Show. All right, by my count, Christine, I think he got a, 
a 7 or an 8 out of 10, which is a passing grade. And considering all the stuff we've been throwing at him, including how to learn the board and everything that we do here, that is pretty, pretty impressive. He's been listening carefully. Dan, congratulations. Thank you so much. I think I did well. And uh, yeah, I'll keep learning. Welcome to the team. We are so happy to have you here. And we will bring you into future conversations, especially with that absurd radio voice that you have. I mean, how could we not put you on the air when we talk about abject silliness, as we so often do? Here in the home stretch, we are out of time. It's time for the weekend, in fact. Bonus Benson on the podcast. You can download, you can subscribe. Please do that right back here on Monday for The Guy Benson Show. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Good night from D.C. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to be part of the conversation with me, Brian Kilmeade. I'll talk about the biggest stories of the day and get your take along with some of the biggest newsmakers around. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the podcast at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.